0: This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the Performing Arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Center on iTunes and subscribe for free.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of the National Arts Center NACOcast Series. My name is Sean Rice and I am the second clarinetist with the National Arts Center Orchestra. This week we have the world-famous brass quintet, Canadian Brass, performing with our orchestra. Today we have joining us Chuck Dallenbach, tuba player and founding member of Canadian Brass, as well as trumpet player Caleb Hudson. Welcome guys.
2: Thank you. Thanks Sean.
1: So, how many years now has Canadian Brass been operating?
2: Well, we started in 1970 and uh, we were all in Toronto except for our principal trumpet, who was Fred Mills, was actually the principal trumpet here in the National Arts Center Orchestra. Okay. He was in the uh, 1969 is when it all started. Right. And he was in the original chamber orchestra. Okay. And then uh, we were here very often. We augmented the chamber orchestra. As soon as they added a trombone, Gene Watts was Mm -hmm. the the call. And then uh, they did some works with tuba. And uh, that's how I... So you were yeah, actually playing in this orchestra? We were actually
1: playing in this orchestra. And then, so this orchestra, in a way, was, a, was a, a place of meeting,
2: possibly? Well, we did. We all stayed at Fred's house. Right? We all bunked in at yep. Fred's house. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, the ballet came up here. The National right. would come up and do their Christmas run and then a spring run. Mm-hmm. So we were always involved in the orchestra okay. with that as well. So we have a long history with the this is National great. Arts Centre. Sure. is great. <laughs> now, so, but
1: <laughs> Toronto, were you, were you guys operating in Toronto before this? Or was was it kind of a... It all kind of happened simultaneously.
2: Well, the history was that uh, Gene Watts had been in the Toronto Symphony. Okay. And Fred had been in New York. He was playing in the, uh, the opera orchestra, New York City Opera. He'd come back to Canada, and they became very good friends playing the ballet in the pits in Toronto. Okay. And they were both slated to be part of the original orchestra, and they kept changing the format. And they decided not to have a full-time trombone. So mm-hmm. consequently, Gene was in Toronto when I came to Toronto. Okay. And then we had that connection with Fred, so it was a, it was a pretty small little. So community. all the cards lined yeah, up. Yeah. Okay. All worked out. <laughs> now, um,
1: I mean, you guys have an incredible history and 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 recordings and concerts all around the world. So when when this when this group got off the ground and you guys really started rolling with it, what was the what was the plan? Where were you going with it?
2: Well, we had small ambitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very small steps, which made it quite doable. We didn't have some vast idea that we were going to take over the world. <laughs> uh, at first, our hope was that we could perhaps go out on weekends, play universities, and have two or three concerts. We did a lot of children's shows Great. in the early years. And each little mountain we'd climb, we'd see another one. Okay. <clears throat> so it kept expanding. And I think we were probably the only musicians that, that felt we, uh, we found our way to Carnegie Hall by playing children's concerts. That's great. It was a fantastic laboratory for us. It kept us together as a group. We didn't have to run off and do five different things. Mm -hmm. And we made it a laboratory. We would have two concerts in the morning, and then Mm -hmm. we would spend the lunch really arguing out what we did (laughs) and what we can change, how can we make it better, more Mm -hmm. effective, and then we would experiment. So these would be set
1: shows in a way, the way you were working with the the kids' audiences. Well, we were
2: part of it. It was called the Hamilton Plan at the time. and It was uh, internationally renowned plan the idea was that every child in the hamilton 60 mile radius would hear a brass group a string group a percussion group woodwind group mm. every year in their school yeah. and then come into the concert hall at the end of the year. That's too bad that doesn't exist anymore. Well it was broken down oddly enough we can talk about this later but it was actually the musicians that destroyed really? it Oh no musicians are not always that, that makes eager. Me sad. <laughs> they're not always that eager to get out of their chairs and, and, uh, and drive out to a school so oh. <laughs> oh, interesting but it um, gave us a fantastic stat.
1: right Well and, and you and you still do kids shows I mean you gave right. two, two kids shows yesterday here in Ottawa right That's right. We had 900 students at each of the
3: shows. That's great um very receptive audience yeah,
1: so this week um we you're playing a show with us, and there's a, lots of lots of variety in the program um unfortunately when this airs, I don't think the the, the concert's <laughs> over passed. so we can talk about the program um we well, went got, great last night didn't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> by the way the first concerts tonight <laughs> and uh the 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 rep is it goes from um you have some folk uh, uh, north american folk you have jazz you have noraline style jazz we've got um, a real great mix of rap opera so <laughs> what comes what comes what are what are the what are the thoughts you guys have when you create these shows and how how you're going to uh, come up with the, your your artistic programming
2: i think it reflects our tastes yeah and because we are in charge of our own destiny it can be quite quite ri- wide mm. ranging um, those who heard the concert heard Penny Lane. This is a, a feature piece for piccolo trumpet. Yeah, it's it's out of the reasonable grasp of most trumpet players, mm-hmm. and it's an audience f- favorite. I mean, people, mm-hmm. some, many people remember it. Many people were there when the piece first came out. It was mm-hmm. extraordinary at the time. It's still extraordinary, and mm-hmm. now Caleb is our. Penny Lane,
1: right? Exponent. And so this 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 arrangement of Penny Lane is, and it's been it's been ornamented beyond the version that people <laughs> right. recognize from the Beatles. That's right. Originally, it, the
3: piccolo trumpet played a very well prominent part, but just had a single solo. Um, the arranger of this brass version uh, takes that solo, augments it, and then puts it up a half step yeah, <laughs> I with more ornamentation. So, so so tell you, us how hard Christo. how hard is this? Uh, the I tried to. I try not to make it sound too hard, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm working hard up so there. So a certain
1: measure of effort required.
3: <laughs> yeah, hey, but I can uh, I can
1: attest from hearing it that it is absolutely ridiculous sounding. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Well, the the first thing we notice when we're here is, is
3: just the quality of the orchestra here. It's amazing. For me, it's one of the best orchestras I've played with. Oh, wow, so, thanks. We um, we yeah. love working with you guys. Every and the time new we hall come. here is amazing as well. So.
1: Thanks. Yeah. yeah we're really happy the the, uh, the changes they made this summer in the hall have been quite quite fun for us to to, to start to sit in and enjoy more um, now let's let's get back to the program a bit so we've got Penny Lane uh, I forgot to mention the pop aspect or Beatles and uh, but the opera I, I this this one piece there's <laughs> we can talk about this too because it's fascinating Chris Coletti the other trumpet player um
2: he sings at one point, right? Oh, yes. Well, you know, the genesis of that opera was Fred Mills. We talked about okay. him earlier. Yeah. Uh, he had spent many years playing opera in New York City and, and fell in love with the music. Okay. So he a- arranged for us the Carmen music. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't seem logical to sit still and play the music <laughs> since it is an opera. So it started taking on other dimensions. And then Chris... Well,
3: Chris has the uncanny ability to sing an operatic soprano high C. <laughs>
1: so we take full advantage of that,
3: just about every performance.
1: I, I, I think he <laughs> enjoys it, though. By the looks of it, he seems to be having a lot of fun. Well,
2: by the way, for the radio audience, uh, it's Christopher, not Christine, with this high C. Yes, That's right. <laughs> Christopher Coletti, yeah. But he has that he range. He has that high C. He, has the, he can sing
1: that high C. <laughs> 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 um, so the, when, when when you guys perform this and, and you, you do other shows with other orchestras, right? this This is probably one of your shows that you will do elsewhere with other orchestras. So if people are, are see your name on a, on a billboard in another city, make sure you get your tickets because it's it's really, really amazing to watch you guys interact. the drama. the, they un, the drama unfolds while you're playing and you take on the personality of these characters from the operas. and, and it's it's really, really fun and great. Um, I mean, we're talking about the extra musical aspects of this, but the level of playing that you guys bring to your shows is absolutely—it's super high. I—I—I'm always amazed listening to you guys, and there's such velvet and warm, lush sounds coming out of out of your instruments, and it's—it's it's so fun to play with and just listen to.
2: Yeah. We we made a a, a very uh, um, a big decision early on, and that was that it's music first. Mm. And we've often described our our attitude towards music as we rehearse, the way a string quartet would rehearse, mm-hmm. with that kind of time and patience and energy. Mm-hmm. But then we're also very aware that we are there because an audience invited us, mm-hmm. and that we're sharing that event. So in the background, us as musicians, we pay attention to mm-hmm. our,
1: of course, it's obvious job. you can hear that. But the then dedication. we come
2: forward with yeah. the, you know, trying to make uh, things, and again just plumbing our own interests. Yeah,
1: you're yeah. it's it's for you in a way as well, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, Very that's great. So <laughs> um now, I I another interesting thing about your ensemble is the the personnel have changed so so much over the years, right? And and now we have Caleb and and Chris are trumpet players, but a few years ago there was another trumpet player and and a horn player. So mm-hmm. you guys you guys have maintained this this incredible company. I I I I guess mm. I could say um where the, the the new members take over the role and the
2: expectation of the previous person, hmm. right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, each change is very significant. Mm-hmm. If you think five-member group, one person changing is 20%. That's Absolutely. pretty huge. Yeah. But because we do have a, a heritage of, for one thing, recorded sound, there is a tradition, and it's pretty easy to match into the tradition when it's appropriate. And on mm-hmm. the other hand, it's nice to divert from that tradition when mm-hmm. it's appropriate, so it gives us both vantage points. Okay, and uh, from my point of view, being in at the beginning, I, what I what's appealed to me is the changes. Mm-hmm. How you can take something that would seem it's very similar, say, unlike the Guy Lombardo band. I, I, you know, there, back in the day, there were words. If you got in there, you had to play exactly like the guy you're replacing, <laughs> or else you're you were, right, go, right. You were yeah. gone. And we we take it quite differently, which is each person brings their personality and their mm-hmm. musicianship. To, right. To
3: it's
1: ever-evolving yeah. in that sense.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I, to, I just have to say, you have to understand that most of us, the rest of us, <laughs> 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 uh, since the group was started in 1970, yeah. we grew up listening of course. Yeah. to the Canadian Brass. Not only that, but the educational aspect of the group has always been central to the, to the vision of the group. Mm-hmm. So, oftentimes, every band room across North America would have the Canadian Brass Book of Quintets, uh, n- numerous albums, I mean, how many albums? Chuck, over well over
2: 100. 130. <laughs> yeah. That's Not to nonsense. mention our
3: latest album, Perfect Landing. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, uh, it's out and available? So we, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. We uh, we grew up listening to this. So to be a part of this is pretty great. And there is a lot of freedom allowed in the group in terms of our passions, our backgrounds. We all come from different places. Mm-hmm. Even though we're all classically trained, we have different interests and passions. So it's, uh, it's a real privilege.
1: So you talk about the different backgrounds. Uh, Several of you are American, and Achilles—he's Greek. Achilles is
3: from Greece. Greece. Yes. Yeah,
1: and uh, the horn player—what's his name? Sorry, I forgot. Bernard. Bernard, and he is—is is he Canadian American? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay, excellent. I mean, I—you I, talk about growing up and listening to this. I should mention that Caleb, Caleb and I were classmates at Juilliard together, so it's, it's kind of a reunion to see him here in Ottawa now. Um, The—I remember growing up as a kid in Newfoundland and. Seeing these albums and hearing my teachers talk about Canadian brass—I mean, the the reputation far precedes itself—and mm-hmm. um, for someone like you, Caleb, when you're when you're going to school and you know we, when we're studying at a conservatory or university, the, the, the big question in the back of your mind is always, "What am I going to do next when I'm done here at school?" So for you, um, what was happening? as you were finishing up at Juilliard? What, what were your plans? What were you thinking? What were you taking additions to? How does, how does one become a member of the Canadian Brass, and how does one find out about an opening? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I remember being very
3: young, and, you know, you have these fantasies when you're practicing of what, what it's going to lead to, and mm. Juilliard was one of them, and playing in Canadian Brass was one of them. So, I mean, to actually have that come alive is, is pretty amazing. Um, I mean, honestly, I, coming out of Juilliard would take whatever I could get. <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I mean, I was very fortunate
1: to, uh, to have audition for the group. And mm-hmm. So how does one yeah. find out about an audition though? Do you guys advertise in, in, in any publications or is it just kind of like, hey guys, everyone should know about this because it's Canadian
2: Brass. Right. Red alert. This is happening. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not an unknown talent okay, that yeah. you're looking for. Right. Somebody would already have have uh, made himself known okay. to an audience somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you know it's somebody that already is performing and is known and mm-hmm. has that quality. So uh, our our trumpet player just prior to Caleb joining mm-hmm. said, "There's one recommendation. Okay, you listen to Caleb. That's your." And
1: you guys were sold. That's your, yeah, it's awesome. That's I great. Yeah. Bravo! I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, where? W- what was that moment like when you got that call?
3: Well, actually, I didn't. I didn't get that call. The way it happened was Chris Coletti. Uh, we we were also at Juilliard together. Yeah. Um, he had just he called me and asked if I wanted to visit his apartment and uh, come play some duets. And that actually, without me knowing, turned out to be the first round How of auditions. <laughs> How sneaky! How sneaky! He's
2: your buddy uh, from school. and yeah. he's,
1: he's he's putting you on a secret know, edi- right?
2: secret audition. Well, it's <laughs> probably better that way. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully, Chris, Chris won't hear this. But what he said after he his report back he said well guys i i don't really even want to tell you about it because uh you know i'd probably want to study with this guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a great compliment (laughs) okay so you had this this uh this this uh secret edition and then then i I assume afterwards there was an invitation to do something uh the group was coming through new york city the next week so
3: Chris gave me a, a binder of about <laughs> 20 to 30 pieces By the to, way, now learn this in less than a week. Yeah. <laughs> <The> memory.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Memory, okay. It was that's, ridiculous. That's hard. I don't know where the memory part came <laughs> because it certainly wasn't... This is cruel. It's not something. <laughs> <specific. laughs> I certainly would, have, would not have asked for that and Caleb and played this I guess I whole see. afternoon from memory. Awesome, man. And then that's the great. actual uh, proof of the pudding, we had a concert in the uh, Washington, D.C. area mm-hmm. and... Um, We played that, I think it was a Sunday night, and then Monday morning we went into the Sirius radio studio. Okay. Doing the the classical station? The classical, and we recorded Penny Lane. First thing out of the box, Caleb played Penny Lane. We went twice through it. You were on this recording, Caleb? Yes. So this
3: yeah, was... this is part of the audition. So
2: let's
1: make this very clear because <laughs> this, is, this is unheard of in <laughs> exactly. most cases in the workforce. I mean, <laughs> right. what you're putting someone through in a job interview here is is incredible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so <laughs> Caleb was asked to learn a book. In, and okay. in, in less than a week of 20 charts, you memorized it, and then you had to record <laughs> as well without having rehearsed with these guys for more than a few days. And
2: yeah, we went through Penny Lane twice. And then recorded. It. And then the fellow said, well, which one do you want? And we said, well, I don't know. This one is this one. Let's pick one, this one. one. The They're new most, guy's got to play it for us. Either one. They're perfect. <laughs> Take okay. your pick. Wow.
1: Obviously, it was a success, and you guys are all together. It's great. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, you guys travel the world playing all over the place you were just telling me before we stepped into the studio to record that you're going to Japan next week next week nice A week from yesterday yeah. and uh, this show these shows are they, these are, are these brass quintet only or are you going to be working with other ensembles
2: this one's <laughs> just solo isn't it
1: sure yeah all of the performances are solos but uh,
3: every city we visit we're doing intensive coachings and master classes mm-hmm. for the students
1: um, so education is a very important feature always. of this ensemble still, that you're not just, you mentioned your starting days of working with students, and this is still a very prominent feature of, of your touring? Always, yeah. Okay. How does that look? What are, what are these shows like? What, are you guys, what kind of things do you focus on for, for these kids' audiences? I'm just curious.
3: Well, it varies from um, from working with, with brass quintets in a coaching setting to playing uh, demonstrations for an entire elementary school of, of kids. Okay. The goal always being to make some uh, meaningful connection with, with the students Great. that will inspire them, motivate them, uh, act as a catalyst to uh, be an influence in their life, whether or not they're going into music or not. Mm-hmm. So um, that aspect for me is one of the most important because to see you get to see the sparks in their eyes um, after they, they not, not only hear us play as a group, but also talk a little bit about our, our experiences, about how we work together as colleagues. Um, and about what's important to us.
2: Mm-hmm. So you work with... Sorry, go well, ahead. Well, Sean, I'm wondering that what Caleb just said. Mm-hmm. Could you clip that out and give that to me? Because <laughs> we're going to use that as an advertisement for Canadian well, bread. That was amazing. That was great, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's
1: nice to... That's beautiful. It's, it's really nice to hear... <laughs> you know, I, I mean, uh, I share similar sentiments that what we do is important. I mean, I, I grew up in a place where music education was very prominent at the time, but now it mm. doesn't exist anymore. Right, right. And, you know, it's, it's this kind of thing where, like, you have to appreciate what you have and, yeah. and keep passing it forward to younger people. It's
2: great. Ontario had the most mandated, um, the Ministry of Education, mm-hmm. the highest uh, mandated minutes of music in the public schools. Wow. And uh, we had a child. And by the time our child was in school, it had become one of the lowest mm-hmm. mandated minutes. And it happened overnight. And the, the computer thing, that computer thing Yeah. Older people thought you had to teach kids how to use computers, and it totally screwed up the um, uh, school schedules. Okay. Only to find out that the students didn't need computer training, <laughs> you know. And then it's never really righted again. It's never come back to the well. Place uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it, fortunately though we have groups like you guys and, and other orchestras that are, are, are fighting for these things and mm-hmm, trying to mm-hmm. find ways to reach younger people because right. there's a real hunger, I imagine. Sure. When you meet young kids who've mm-hmm. never experienced what you guys are doing, what is the reaction like?
3: Well, it's I mean, it's amazing. Um, if there's any part of a tour, of a two or three week long tour that gets you a little bit homesick or gets you a little bit mm-hmm. uh, tired and, and uh, well, to see the reception from students and mm-hmm. to see how hungry they are! Yeah, it it
1: whips you back into shape immediately. So it's great, this yeah. Is, is, it's it's a innocent call. like excitement. Mm. That it that, really is. See what you can, what you're doing, and it just it blows their minds, right? Actually. The world like, hasn't yeah. told them that it's not yeah. possible yet. <laughs> exactly, I know it's amazing. And so you work with kids like that who have maybe this is one of their first experiences in music. But you said you also work with students like in brass quintets, probably at universities. You mm. tour through, I'm sure, I'm sure many university towns right. and, and and work with groups that way. Yeah, I mean that that must be like. For for those students, it must be like celebrities coming to town when the <laughs> Canadian brass comes in. You know, it's it's working with those people as well. Do you helping them with cha- brass uh, in terms of, sorry, not brass, but chamber music in sense in the sense of a brass quintet, or do you work as as individuals as well, doing solo repertoire? Is it-, it
2: is it is chamber music, but we try to 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 go beyond the brass world. Okay, great. Because we're performers, we happen to play brass instruments, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of what we feel is our philosophic background this can be shared much wider Uh, we often ask if we couldn't meet the music education students in the colleges for example okay don't just limit us to tuba players and trumpet players right and it's it's kind of picking up steam i think people are starting to realize that uh, you don't need to pigeonhole Mm -hmm. a musician and say well he's a tuba player so put him in a room with tuba players that you're bringing a bigger Mm -hmm. philosophy rather than your instrument that's
1: great excellent very much so Excellent. So, what's uh, Japan next week? But anything big on the horizon for you guys? Any new recordings coming up?
2: Or well, we have all we always have lots of lots of plans, <laughs> uh, lots of plans. <laughs> yeah, um, but we're we're doing something kind of interesting in New York this December, and it's a, it's kind of a, a closed event, but it's a um, I think it's Yale Harvard Club Harvard. City. Okay, going to get in trouble. <laughs> but uh, meeting with the um, uh, people that have continued their association amongst themselves. Okay. Yep. And I think this is going to be the next kind of step where we start seeing associations that have their own uh, defined goals that we okay. can somehow enhance their goals. Wow. And I think that this will be a uh, kind of an interesting new approach. So we're not just the entertainment, but maybe we can bring more to an event like that. Wow.
0: That's, um, that's very interesting. Th- there was an
2: outstanding one in the past where we played for the... Um, um, Minnesota the Twin Cities mm-hmm. st. Paul uh, Children's Hospital okay and unlike a usual event like that where you are asked to donate your service or do this or whatever it was set up totally professional and they were able to raise uh, several hundred thousand dollars on that event Wow by properly managing it okay and I, and I think uh, very often our sites are too low on these kind of things and that you know we can help to that's phenomenal. So, you
1: basically, it was, it was some sort of like quasi gala for the hospital. Very much for so. the hospital. Yep. That's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. Great work. Well, guys, thanks so much for doing this today. It's been a real treat talking to you and uh, really looking forward to these performances this week.
2: Now, let's talk about clarinets. Clarinets? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm going to go work on reeds.
1: <laughs> anyway, thanks again. Thank you, Sean. Well, thanks, thanks, Sean.
0: This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store, where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at NACPodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.